Is that in the Castro still or? I'm honestly not sure oh, where I it is. It was, I thought it was more Soma, but I yeah. could be completely off the mark. I'm thinking Soma too. Oh, you can find so many lesbians out there. Right? <laughs> <laughs> For those of you listeners that don't live in San Francisco, no lesbians are found in South of Market. There's Cat Club. Mm. Mm. There's one night <laughs> once a month. Well, oh. now there's two. Cream. <laughs> Cream? Yeah. Oh, oh that's true. DNA, DNA Lounge. Again, one night. Right. One, right. Once a month. Well, Urson's every Thursday, so now there's six nights a month. Oh, awesome. They're getting up there. Huh. <laughs> Lesbians all over San Francisco. What are we going to do? So let's get into homo headlines. Okay, so first off in homo headlines, um, a California 4th District Court of Appeals Court has ruled that private religious high schools can expel students based on the belief that they're lesbians. Um, They base this decision on a 1998 California State Supreme Court ruling that allowed the Boy Scouts to deny, or exclude rather, um, atheists and gay people. So basically what happened here was two students at the Lutheran High School in San Bernardino County were believed either by their actions or rumors around the school to be lesbians, and so the principal brought him into the office, and based on the responses to his questions, um, he, he expelled him for being gay. So they sued, and they've actually lost. So I don't know how I feel about this, because in, in one part of me, you know, I, I believe that a private institution should have free speech. But at the same time, a lot of private schools, even though they're private, still take state funds. So our tax dollars are funding segregation at that point, or discrimination. Mm-hmm. Right. So, I don't know. Do you guys have any opinions on it? It's a tough one, because it does deal with the separation of church and state. Right. And it also deals with uh, freedom of religion and freedom to be who you are. And so I'm all in favor of, you know freedom of religion and I think it's a shame because instead of the principal going hey look okay so this one aspect of their lives we're not totally on board with but we've got a lot of other great teachings that we'd really impart to the like to impart to these kids and instead they kick them out so I I think that's that's a big shame it's a private school right yep it's a private school yeah I've had my own experience with private schools I used to teach second grade at a private school for five years And there's a reason I don't teach there anymore. I mean, it's so different from public because the parents have a lot of say as into what kind of education their children are getting. Um, And it's usually based upon a certain type of religion. Um, So, you know, the school can basically do what they want um, if the parents agree or not. And they don't have to adhere to any kind of like California you know, state guidelines or whatever state that it, the school is in. So it kind of sucks, but you know, that's what, that's what you deal with when you have, you're in a private school. Right. I kind of feel like though, if they're gonna, um, use tax dollars, um, then they should abide by state civil rights rules. And if they choose not to, that's absolutely their choice, but then they shouldn't be taking state money either. And I don't know for sure if this school's taking state money or not, but my guess is it is because most private schools probably do just to um, offset the cost of non-religious classes and teachers but who knows maybe I'm wrong um and second point for news is Iceland 
Iceland's in the news. Go Iceland. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> Actually, it's a big go for Iceland, because um, they're about to have the world's first gay premier, which I believe is their version of president or prime, prime minister. minister. Yeah. Um, and not only is it a gay prime minister, it's a lesbian prime minister. Hot. Well, is she hot? I haven't seen a picture you. of her. <laughs> you seen her? She's a very nice looking older white haired lady who looks like she's gonna be a prime minister. Yeah, I mean she is sixty six, so yeah. I don't know. Ellen DeGeneres is up there too, but she looks okay for her age. Yeah. I think she looks amazing for her yeah. age. Mm-hmm. So you never know. Um so anyways, um this prime minister this lady's on track to succeed the current prime minister. Well, I guess it's not current anymore because uh the former prime minister, Gerhard, uh, recently resigned, actually, after the collapse of Iceland's main banks and currency. So, um, this new lady, who's a lesbian, is a member of the Social Democratic Alliance Party, and she currently holds the position in Iceland of Minister of Social Affairs and Social Security. So, that sounds promising. It certainly does. In the next, um, in stateside news... Uh, Obama's appointed two new openly gay cabinet members. Um, these aren't lesbians, though. But that's okay, still. Hey, you know. Everyone for the cause. They'll <laughs> yes. be lesbians. <laughs> <laughs> so, Ebbs Berno has uh, been appointed Deputy Social Secretary to the First Lady, Michelle Obama. And then Mark Perry. Periello, I think is how you pronounce his last name, won appointment as Director in the White House Office of Presidential Personnel. And then also, um, on stateside political news, uh, Christian Gillibrand, who was appointed to take uh, Senator or former Senator Hillary Clinton's seat in New York, um, a lot of people have been concerned because she's kind of uh, Republican-sided, even though she's a Democrat. She's got a 100% voting record with the NRA and mm-hmm. some other conservative issues. Yeah, yeah but um, she's not that bad, actually, because she's also for repealing DOMA and repealing Don't Ask, Don't Tell, which is also Obama's standpoint on those issues. So um, apparently she's all over the board on social issues, and the two main ones that affect our community, she's on our side. So I think that's promising. That is fantastic, yes. And that's all for Homo Headlines today. Let's get into Rainbow Rumors. Rainbow Rumors! So I know everyone's been watching The All Word. We're on episode two now. Yep, yep. Religiously. <laughs> I actually didn't get a chance to watch the second one, but everyone tells me um, I'm not really missing anything. Did you guys get a chance to? I feel there was less boobs in the first episode, but that could have just been me. <laughs> so is that a bad thing or a good thing? I thought it was a bad thing. <laughs> Nobody really watches it for the plot. I mean, it's kind of like. I don't know. I watch it for the plot. You're not even watching it right now. <laughs> you just missed the I watched episode. the first one. <laughs> but anyways, um, I guess they brought back Dylan, who was a character on season three, episode four. One of your favorites. She's one of mine too. Mine. Yeah. <laughs> Dylan. Your was... face is great. <laughs> is it red? A little yeah, bit. You're okay. flushing a little bit. Is it hot in here? <laughs> no. Dylan was a documentary filmmaker and was seducing helena at the time i think but um supposedly they brought dylan back in episode two elizabeth berkeley also makes a guest appearance who i don't know if you guys know she was in showgirls the movie i love that you cite showgirls as her claim to fame and not saved by the bell (laughs) 
She was also in Saved by the Bell. I don't know if many of our listeners remember that show. Everybody remembers Saved by the Bell. Jesse from Saved by the Bell. I just think it's horrible that like she did like an eight-year span on Saved by the Bell, and she's forever remembered for Showgirls. I think she's more known for Saved by the Bell, but she's trying to shed that Showgirls image right image. now. Or the Saved by the Bell As image. Anybody the would. By the Bell. <laughs> That's true. With the you know yeah. the hair and the vests. And totally. All that. I think everybody tries to like recover from their early '90s image, don't yeah. they? <laughs> Not that Showgirls was a better movie or yeah. anything like that. Anyways. So, um, the rumor is that Nikki is the one that kills Jenny. There's one scene where she says, Jenny Schechter is a liar and a user. And trust me, you are not going to get away with this. You're dead meat, Schechter. Dead. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> she, she wouldn't do it because she would totally break a nail. She would. I think she'd have one of her entourage do it. I think if she does it, I don't know. That would be so horrible because it's so... She'd be so obvious, you know? Yeah. Like, I just don't... I feel like that's too obvious for her to be the one to do it. I think Jenny did it to herself. Yeah, I think so too. (laughs) Not in that way. (laughs) Self-sabotage. Probably in that way too. Probably. (laughs) (laughs) Well, after her and Jenny broke up, what do you expect? Never mind. (laughs) (laughs) After her and who broke up? Jenny. And Nikki? Nikki. We're talking about Nikki. Oh, oh, oh. All right. So, <laughs> just stop watching the show altogether, love. <laughs> I don't intend to. Anyways, on another show, I don't know if you guys watch America's Next Top Model. Yeah, sometimes. Yeah, even though. I think I watched the reruns. I liked it when the trans girl was on. I missed uh, that one. There was, it was a, a season. There's a first transgendered um, contestant on this. I think it was this past season. Isis. Yeah. Yeah. She, her name was Isis King, and she is no longer on the show, um, but she recently went on the Tyra Banks show, and Tyra surprised her with um, paying for her sex reassignment surgery. Wow. That's good. Yeah. Wow. There is some silver lining to Tyra Banks. Right. Why, are you not a fan? Not at all. Like, really? No, I can't stand her talk show. I feel like she's very, like... I don't watch your talk show, but I like her on America's Next Top Model. I like her on America's Next Top Model. I feel like when she's doing her show, she's very transparent. Like, mm-hmm. when she asks questions, you can... She's not just asking, like, a blanket question to see what the person's answer is. I feel like you can tell what Tyra thinks the answer should be. You know what I mean? And so... But don't you think Oprah kind of does that, too? Mm, I don't feel like it's as obvious. I feel like with Tyra, it's just like... Like, she did the show where she went in as a stripper. Like, she went undercover as a stripper. And, like, you could tell that it was going to be, like, Tyra's feelings on the morality of stripping, like, before it even happened. Like, you know what I mean? Mm. As opposed to just, like... Like, she was t- trying to teach her listeners yes. a lesson. I feel like I'm always being taught a lesson rather than just being told, like, a story and letting me form my own opinion. Mm. It's always, like, what Tyra wants me to think of it. Well, I guess I won't be watching that show. I don't know. Maybe that's the point of the show, and I'm just missing it. I think you're thinking about it too hard, sweetie. Is <laughs> actually what's happening. <laughs> I have had a lot of thinking, thinking that hard about it. I have had a lot of coffee today. How many cups did you have? Two, but I never drink coffee, so I'm kind of in like over analytical you were mode right now. Pretty entertaining earlier. <laughs> I'm very jittery. <laughs> Liquid speed. Yeah, I kind of feel like that right now. Never again. No, indeed not. Right. So now we're gonna get into the interview with our guest Michelle T. Great. All right, so we have Michelle T with us in our studio today, and 
She's actually currently ranked on Curve Magazine's list of most powerful lesbian authors as number one. And she's also been involved with the Sex Workers Art Show and is a co-founder of the Sister Spit Tour that we've talked about previously on the show. So just wanted to give a welcome to Michelle T. Hello. Hi. Thanks for being here. And we have a few questions for you today. Okay. So you co-founded the Sister Spit Tour in what year was it? Um, Sister Spit started, it was actually, it went for two years as a, a all-girl open mic that happened in San Francisco, happened once a week for two years for free. And um, and then we got really burnt out. I was doing it with a poet named Cindy Anderson. Mm-hmm. And during that year off, I actually was playing music in a band and we were really bad. And I was really, <laughs> really bad. And in spite of that, we managed to go on a tour all the way up the coast. And it was really fun. And I thought, if we can go on this tour and make enough money to sustain ourselves to just get gas in the van and have a total adventure and we suck then how (laughs) much fun how much better would the show be how much more successful if we actually brought a bunch of writers who were really awesome yeah so um we decided i'm sorry do you have any crazy stories you want to share with us about the tour the tour was really crazy in the 90s. Um, it's not as... I've revived it, and we're we're touring again now at Sisters with the Next Generation, and we've gone on two tours. They're less crazy now than they were then. Um, I'm starting to think that, like... I think that because in the 90s, me and Cindy were kind of the organizers, and we were absolutely insane. And so <laughs> we set a sort of tone for insanity that people followed. Mm-hmm. And now I think I'm just less insane. Because I've realized, like, I've done two more tours. The first tour, I was very sedate, and I didn't really go out very much on the tour. And nothing really happened on that tour. But then on the second tour, I wanted to go out all the time. And so all these other things <laughs> happened. So I realized that I have a lot of power. Yeah. <laughs> so I have to I have to um, initiate more insanity and then there will be more insanity. But in the 90s, things were really crazy. We got into lots of bar fights. Um, people in, on the tour had lots of sex with each other. Like somebody was fisting someone while they were driving once. That was crazy. Whoa. That was a little too much for some of the other people. Yeah. A little non-consensual. Um, I mean, not for the people involved, obviously, right, in right. the fisting, but the other people. <laughs> It non-consensual was, <laughs> visually <right>? yeah <laughs> people some people are like okay enough you know which is you know under, I mean, how do you even do that there's not that much space that was a good driver <laughs> and a good lover i don't know i'll have to you'll have to I, I could tell you who that was and you could bring her on an interview guessing her. their hands went on <laughs> two o'clock and eleven o'clock <laughs> <That's so funny. laughs> That's funny. yeah it was it was really fun uh, what influenced your most recent novel, uh, Rose of No Man's Land? Um, I think I was most influenced by feeling like I, I had hit some sort of limit of writing memoirs. I couldn't really write another memoir about myself for a variety of reasons. Like, I just felt tapped. Like, mm-hmm. um, and so, But I'm a writer, and I have this writer's life, and I need to keep writing, you know? So it's like, okay, I guess I have to write... Not, I guess I have to make something up. And um, I had just gone back to um, the part of Massachusetts where I'm from and gone to this weird mall, which is really called the Square One Mall. It's in Saugus, Massachusetts. Hey, Saugus, if you're out there. <laughs> um, and it's a really, it's weird, and I felt really inspired by mall culture and just kind of wanted to write about it. And the characters just kind of took off. And it's very weird writing fiction. Things just kind of, your imagination just kind of leads you, and you just don't even necessarily know where the story's going. You just mm-hmm. have to like hope that it's going somewhere. So, are the characters based on real life people that you know? No, or completely fictional. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's a few characters in that book that are um, based on people I know, but the main characters, Trish and Rose, the two girls, I just totally made them up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, have you ever written about like a situation or an ex, like a bad breakup, and just given people different names? 
Um, yeah, like everything I've ever written. <laughs> like all four. Well, um, you know, everything I've written except for Rose of No Man's Land is a memoir. Like it's all true. So everything, all those breakups in Valencia and Rent Girl and stuff, those are all real. Rent Girl's true? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. So yeah. do those people know that they've been portrayed in these books? Yeah. <laughs> uh, what is the response been to that? Um, you know, people have different attitudes. Like in general, I'm really lucky and people have been really cool about it. And um, I, I stick, you know, to the, I, I try to, to tell the truth as honestly as I possibly can. Of course, it's my version of the truth and I know right. that, but I also try to not, you know, I try to like rat on myself when I am acting stupid too. So hopefully it doesn't look too One-sided. unbalanced. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, I have, I have, I have like one ex who won't talk to me but everybody has that right we probably wouldn't have talked anyway i don't know i don't know she's yeah there's one person bummed about it and then there's another girl who's like totally a kind of like a sociopath and she likes it even though i've written really terrible things about her she really just loves the attention so she's totally into it so interesting yeah she comes to your book signings and stuff um she only was when i was when books with her in it were coming out oh. and now i don't write about her anymore so she doesn't come anymore that's a shame no it's good well, <laughs> it's you, fine now <laughs> you know how to bring her back into your life or not right <laughs> sounds like a lot of lesbian drama <laughs> like the l word do you watch any of that i don't is there a reason you don't follow the show i mean i don't watch a ton of tv I actually really don't watch tv at all and i'm not like I'll kill your television about it. I just don't watch TV. It's just kind of, I just don't. But I also don't have cable. Um, And it's, I don't know. Like, I just don't think it would be that. I mean, I don't want to, like, rain on anyone's parade who, like, has a blast watching the L word. Like, I know people who watch it for very differing reasons and get a lot of laughs out of it. But I just, it doesn't look that appealing to me. So I don't watch it. (laughs) (laughs) And that's okay. Yeah. It's been rumored that your graphic novel Rent Girl is currently in development for for, for television. It was, it was oh. and instead we have Diary of a High Class Call Girl. Is that the show yeah. that's on Showtime? I just started watching that's that. That's what yeah. they went with instead of Rent Girl. Oh, yeah, I'm sorry. No, no, you it's a know, good show, it's, though. it's is it? Well, that's good. That's good. I love Billy Piper. Yeah. Yes, I do. <laughs> Again, I don't watch TV, so I don't know anything about it. I wouldn't have even known it existed except that, like, they <laughs> I was like oddly, you know, involved in the the whole process. Um, you know the the script that went the script that Showtime was having to decide whether or not they were going to buy that was based on Rent Girl mm-hmm. ha- had absolutely no resemblance to the book Rent Girl at all. Wow. You would never read the script and think that it had if anything to do with that book it, it, they had changed it so drastically and really actually ruined it yeah. and so i was just thinking well they're either going to love it because it's kind of crappy and you know you just always think that maybe you know people in television like crap because there's so much crap on television so <laughs> yeah. i thought well maybe they'll love it because it sucks kind of really badly or maybe you know showtime actually puts out really good shows so and the people who were looking at it i totally respected all the people at showtime i thought they were really smart and really cool and i'm like i think maybe they won't like it because it's just not innovative it's not interesting they took everything that was interesting about rent girl or the things that i think are interesting about it that it is about you know a queer girl's look at this you know whole industry or a feminist look at it somebody who it had it's very working class and lower working class and all that kind of stuff um they just took it totally out so that it was like a straight girl mm-hmm. with like a lesbian affair in her past you know <laughs> who's dating like a i don't know like a da they love to like make 
you know, prostitutes date people in the legal profession. It's so <laughs> it raises the stakes, you know, they were like, could try to make her be with a cop. And I was like, I'm going to kill myself. You cannot make a character based on me be dating a, a cop. Like who's a guy. Like it was, I had such a panic attack about it. It was really bad. And I'm like, and you can't make the one gay character be a psychopath. Like they were trying to do that too. They're like, it took all the gay characters out except my, my one, my ex-girlfriend who, the, who is crazy. And I'm like, well, it's okay if, she, if there's a, you know, a crazy queer character amongst all these other queer characters, but you can't make all the normal people straight and then keep the one crazy gay. Right. <laughs> so, oh, it was awful. It was a really bad experience. Sounds like it worked out for the best for you. It probably did. Yeah. yeah. So at the Sister Spit fundraiser last night, you mentioned that in the future, it would no longer be called a woman's road show. And some people in the community have expressed concern or, um, I don't know, maybe fear at the possible loss of women-centric spaces due to the inclusion of transgendered persons. Um, So I was wondering, as a third-generation feminist, how do you reconcile traditionally feminist views with the burgeoning genderqueer movement? Here's what I think. I think that, um, in my experience, we're coming up as a culture against the limits of gender segregated spaces. And that is because of, you know, so many people who are identifying as trans and feel empowered around, around being trans. And I feel fine about that. Like, I feel like what it, what it may, what you have to do or what I feel like I've had to do is just be like, okay, well, you know, what is this gender segregated space? Who did I want to keep out and who did I want to keep in? And that's, and so like, that's really easy. I can still keep all those people out or in, you know, so the names change and the intention changes a little bit, but I feel like, you know, it has to, or else you're just totally out of step and out of touch with reality, you know? Mm -hmm. And I just don't, you don't want to like be attached to an ideology that made time and that made sense in a certain time and place, but just doesn't really make sense anymore. You know, like that just doesn't, Mm -hmm. that doesn't, it doesn't make sense to keep sister spit all girl when, you know, so many of the people who've traveled with sister spit and who I want to continue to nurture as artists and as friends, you know, aren't female anymore. Like, so then what happens? It's like, do they get cast out of sister spit? That would be a disservice to the, the larger queer culture who looks to sister spit to bring, you know, artists who are talking about certain things to their town. So I want to still keep bringing those artists. So, um, it's just worked out in the past too, that there hasn't been any trans guys who've wanted to come, you know, there's like this next tour that's coming is, um, uh, uh, there's a, a gender queer person, Ben McCoy, who's like gender is actually super queer. And like, I don't feel like I need to change the tagline to accommodate him. Um, but in the following tours, I'm probably going to be bringing like Lynn Breedlove and some other speed. Yeah. Um, and some other folks, cause Lynn has a book coming out. So, so yeah, it's probably this coming one is probably the last one that could, could really be called all girl, but it's still going to be sister spit. I might have to think of a new tagline or Nicole J. Georges, who's toured with us, said she wants it to be called Sister Spit Brother Barf. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know how I feel about that. It might be too wordy. I don't know. I'm I'm taking suggestions, but but yeah, I feel it has a positive and negative connotation, though, as Sister Spit does kind of. Right. I don't know. Yeah, I really don't know. But, but, you know, I think that I think that there's a I, I hear a lot of alarm sometimes around the the kind of changes that we might have to be making conceptually and practically you know around gender segregated space but I just think people just need to like look at like like we're talking about real people and i just see like who do i want in my space who do i want included who do i want to collaborate with and it's like that's ultimately what's more important like who are my people and maybe at one point you know i could determine that by gender by but i just feel like i can't i can't anymore it's not it's not realistic i think that makes sense yeah, yeah. 
Well, thank you so much, Michelle, for coming in. You're um, welcome. It was a pleasure to have you. So if anyone's interested in purchasing uh, any of Michelle T's books, we actually have them available on our website, www.thelesbianpodcast.com. And just go ahead and look in the upper right-hand corner, and there's a link to a page where you can uh, order them. So Valentine's Day is coming up. Are you guys doing anything? Um, Are you guys planning on going to the pillow fight this weekend? Oh, is it this weekend? I think it's... It's on the 14th, Valentine's Day. Yeah, I hear about it and i've seen youtube videos you know feathers flying everywhere and i always want to go but i always work saturday it's amazing and i would say that go if you want to go grab that pillow also grab a bloody bandana because you want some not a bloody one just a clean that'd one. be gross <laughs> a clean bandana to put over your mouth and your nostrils because you do not know where those feathers have been and they will be going up your nose and it's really horrible when that happens so um, you have personal experience with that yes i do i was in it last year huh. oh. yeah. are you going this year yes i am excellent oh. where exactly is it it's at Justin Herman Plaza, and I forget what time it starts. Um, probably Google it. But it's on Valentine's so. Day. Yes, it's on the 14th. How fun. I know. Can you take pictures? No. While you're in it. <laughs> <laughs> I just want to see feathers everywhere. Yeah. I, and a pillow coming at your face. That's not very nice, Charlie. I thought we were friends. We are friends. <laughs> <laughs> Doesn't mean I don't, know, I don't want to see a pillow coming at your face. Friends take pictures of friends getting hit by pillows. Excellent. I'll, I'll do what I can. Um, yeah. And can I also mention the other thing that uh, is going on? Yeah, of course. Definitely. So I'm in a group show at the City Art Gallery, which is on 828 Valencia Street. And it opens on the 6th of February. And it runs till the 28th of February. And my particular work will be in the front room. Oh. And it We're works. all the best artists. We're all is. the best artists. <laughs> it should be a lot of fun. There's an, also an erotic show in the back room. so That's where she'll be, actually. <laughs> will you be showing... Well, besides the erotic Will stuff, I be showing what? <laughs> to whom? Will you be showing your kitty's clothes? And I mean your cat. Is it a pussy cat? Pet. Oh. <laughs> Isn't a four-legged cat? For yeah. those listeners that don't know, the British banger makes clothes for a cat, and I just wanted to know if it's part of the art show. You know, um, my pussy will not be wearing any clothing for this oh. show, or actually not be in the show. Your pussy will be nude. And at home. <laughs> oh, not in the erotic art show. <laughs> no, it will not be. That's too bad. <laughs> We'll talk more later. <laughs> Excellent. There will be pictures of that. <laughs> <laughs> we'll have them posted on the uh, Lesbian Podcast site. Actually. So we're working on the lesbian version of the dating show, and Joe's going to come back and host that, or host us that. Um, and so if you live in the Bay Area, you'd like to be a contestant, um, you can contact us at www.thelesbianpodcast.com. Uh, there's a feedback form um, and you can also check out our new website alright thanks for listening was it good for you?